Hello, everybody. I'm Flood the Drummer. And I'm Mikey Raw. And this is the week that was on the Drumming for Justice podcast. In this segment, we review the stories that this week got too much attention or not enough. Now, Ike Raw, because this is called Drumming for Justice, we should talk about some justice-esque type stories, or at least some that pretend to be rooted in social justice. I'm talking about Halsey. You ever heard of her? No. You never heard of Halsey? No. Yeah, me either. Not until this week. There was a big story that came up this week. She's a 23-year-old singer. Her real name is Ashley uh, Fragapan. And she basically called out the hospitality industry in a series of tweets for having only, quote, white people shampoo. Here's a quote directly from her. She says, I've years now, and it's been so frustrating that the hotel toiletry industry entirely alienates people of color. I can't use this perfumed, watered-down white people shampoo. Neither can 50% of your customers. Annoying is what she wrote on Twitter. What are your thoughts about that? Is this a cause? that you're willing to get out there and fight for to integrate and to, to have greater representation in the hotel shampoo industry? No, not at all. Not at all. Why not? You're a man of the people. Yes, I am a man of the people. Absolutely. And I'm going to speak for the people right now. Okay. It is not the hotel industry job to cater to African-American or white people's hair. Okay. At the end of the day, they have a shampoo there. If you want to use it, you can use it. If you don't, bring your own when you go to a hotel. If you can't afford to bring your own, oh, well. They're not there to cater to anyone. Just like, you know, if you're a human being, my wife works in the shop. You know, shout out to Ite. That's what they do. They have their own products because, yes, black people do use different products. Their hair needs different chemicals, you know, than white people. So there are places you can go. Uh, what's her name? Halsey, Helsley, whatever her name is. Halsey. Halsey. There are places you can go, Halsey, to get your products that you need for your hair and bring them with you. You're an entertainer. You have money. You're in a world, world tour right now. So I'm quite sure that she can get the products that she needs to you know, have her hair look at how she wants it to look. Like. So one Twitter user tweeted her and said, how can shampoo be racist? She wrote, how can you have lived your entire life without knowing that people of color and white people require different hair care products. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I'm thinking like a hotel room, right? They don't know who's checking in the damn room. You mean, is they going to say, well, we got to have these African-American products because the African-Americans are going to check in in this room. The white people are going to be here. The Indians are going to check in here. The Jews are going to check in here. The Arabs are going to check in here. The African, I mean, how how, how far are we going to go with this, Flat? No, I I get your point. I guess what Housley is trying to say, if I have to to play devil's advocate in this conversation to kind of dive into her mind, She's saying is why is the default shampoo like the one that is stockpile? Why does it have to be generic in the sense of whiteness? But I think that's that's with anything in America. The default is whiteness because that's what the culture is centered on. Um, So to me, I never think about uh, let me use the hotel shampoo. I go in there knowing, first of all, black people and most people don't use just any type of shampoo. I use black soap for my face. So I'm not worried about the kind of face soap that the hotel has when I go. I use face uh, a, 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 a natural shampoo or black soap for my hair. So I don't worry about the shampoo that's at the hotel. But I think what she's saying is, why does every hotel have to default to a shampoo and conditioner formula that is 
uh, more in line and germane to the chemicals of white people here than black people here. And my answer to that is that's just how America is set up. America centers whiteness. That's just just about anything. I don't really want to make a stink about the shampoo. I agree wholeheartedly. Touche. <laughs> now that should be the name of a shampoo. Touche. Right. Touche. Yeah, I mean, look. Now, are you the kind of guy? Do you bring your own shampoo when you go to hotels? Absolutely. Hey, you bring mm. your, you, you take your personal bag. You bring your shampoo. You bring your deodorant. You bring your soap. You bring your own toiletries to the hotel. The only thing you, you don't have to bring. Some people bring their own sheets to the hotel. Flood, come on, man. Some people bring their own blankets. I mean, some people. Uh, that's what they do. I mean, at the end of the day, she she saying something that she felt as though she had to speak about. I respect her for feeling how she feels. She's yes. I'm not gonna condemn her. But at the end of the day, yeah. you know, my opinion is I, I know I don't think you know as far as making a stink about the shampoo. I mean, so so what does what does she want you know the hotels to do? You know, do, well here's here's what she says. She says the point is that mass production of those products as the standard is part of a greater problem of disenfranchisement. If white people can enjoy luxury and convenience, there should be an option for everyone too. It's an insignificant example of a bigger of a bigger problem. That's all. But I want to go back to your original point. If that is her gripe, then now it grows to being bigger than just white and black. Because then the Asian Americans right. say, "Well, what about us?" And then the Indian Americans say, "What about us?" And then the Middle Easterns say, "What about us?" And at the end of the day, a hotel can't afford to stock eight different types of of generic shampoo in their hotel room so they can cater to the particular individual that comes there that's a bit ridiculous it's just like flood it's just like here we go again because she's using her what her black privilege her mother's well she's got white privilege and black privilege her black father's black her mother's white yeah exactly right now she's using her black privilege before, she may have used a white privilege. Later down the line, she may use a white privilege. But at the end of the day, she's using it. I'm black. I don't feel this shampoo is, you know, caters to me. So I want to say something about it. At the end of the day, go back to the Starbucks thing. When those two, not to keep bringing this up, but when those two black men were in Starbucks, what did the black community say? Why don't we just go to our own black coffee shops? So at the end of the day, who knows if we have, you know, black hotels? Or do we have black hotel owners that cater to just black people? You understand what I'm saying? Let's, let's start talking about that. So at the end of the day, these are white, you know, hotel owners who say, look, I'm going to get the cheapest shampoo I can get. You know, it's going to, you know, just wash your hair. Understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't have to mm-hmm. stay at my hotel at the end of the day. I, I mean, how far is we going to go with this? I mean, at the end of the day. I mean, we're gonna don't you think we just go too far on a lot of different causes, though? I mean, whether it's white people's shampoo or if it's, this gender thing and removing people, you know, removing boys from Boy Scouts and whatever. I, I just think that there's like we're kind of going into this hysteria with these social justice warriors that complain about almost every fucking thing imaginable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, we we talk about this all all the time, on record, off the record. I mean, at the end of the day, some people just feel as though you know they. They, they want to speak about things and just see where it go. Now, you know, she'll get some more followers. She'll get some more people. She'll get some hate pe- people that hate her. But at the end of the day, she spoke. I respect her for, you know, speaking how she feel at the end of the day. Yeah. Whether, we agree, whether we agree with her or not, she said, you know, how she felt. And, you know, I commend her for that. Absolutely. Do I agree with her? No, I don't agree that, you know, this is a big issue because my thing is, okay, what do you want them to, to do? You know, me, Flood. Okay, we see an issue. Let's talk about it now. What do we do now? That's my point. And like, what, what do we do now? 
Right. What's the call to action? Right. What do we do? A lot of people just, you know, they post stuff on social media. They outrage. OK, what do you want to do about it? What, let's do something. And that's my main thing about, you know, everyone. Don't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, uh, lesbian, gay, whatever. If you feel as though, you know, you have an issue, you, you want change. Obviously, she wants something to change. So what does she want to do? What are you going to do, Halsley? Yeah, I don't think I mean, I don't think she's going to do anything because she said she has the luxury to bring her own shampoo with her to hotels, but that she's speaking on behalf of less fortunate people of color. Uh, I don't think less fortunate people of color give a fuck about what's in hotels because they're probably not visiting hotels that often. And if they are visiting hotels, they're probably bringing their own shampoo. I think this is a non-issue that I was surprised at how much press it got. Um, you know, but then again, I'm not because the media just seems to latch on to anything nowadays. Nowadays, anything is a story. Anything is a cause for people to rally around or mock and uh, I won't be surprised if I, if, if you know, turns up on Saturday night, Saturday night Live, there's a skit about this whole thing with white people shampoo and black people outside protesting. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Saturday night, hats off to Saturday Night Live. They've been doing a tremendous job, you know, with the coverage of the president and everything. That's what they do. I mean, let's 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 make a joke out of it. I mean, you got to be able to laugh at stuff. I mean, yeah, we, like I said, I appreciate her standing up for what she said, but you know, it, it is a funny side to it. So let's see what comes of it. There is a funny side. You know, there's, there's, there's a funny side to a lot of the perceived trivial uh, things that people create in this world that they want to be a social justice cause or the trivial way in which people respond to issues that are pretty much non-issues. I remember I wrote a satirical article like two years ago, maybe. And, uh, I wrote a satire article um, uh, like two years ago, and it was Black people who were showing up to a laundromat and they were protesting the laundromat because they were segregating the whites and the colors. <laughs> and they were outside chanting, who sheets? Our sheets. Who sheets? Our sheets. And it just kind of like poked fun at like the fact that people sometimes just protest the dumbest shit. Wait, wait, what are you talking about, Flood? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, wait a minute. <clears throat> you saying uh, black people were protesting, separating the clothes to wash the clothes, separating white clothes from colored clothes. But it was satire. It wasn't real. I just wrote a funny article. I was I was making fun of like kind of lampooning society. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, this never this never happened. You just Oh no, no, no. This is satire. Right. Yeah. Well, I agree. That's why I was saying when you said the word satire, I didn't know what the fuck it meant. So that's why I was <laughs> now you learned something new today. <laughs> Circle May 4th, the day Aki Raw learned what satire is. Right. I thought you were talking about the clothing or something. I thought it was in a shirt or something, man. It's a nice satire shirt you got on. I mean, you know what? Oh, shit. You know how many people are going to die laughing when they hear you say you thought satire was a fabric. <laughs> hey, listen, when you first said it, they go, they listening. So when you first said it, you heard I say what? And then you said it again. So <laughs> oh, so, you never cease to amaze me, yo. Man, but you're right, though. That is what basically what happens most of the time, man. You have, you know, black people will, you know, how they would scream fire, 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 fire. It's not a fire. It's just a little hot right now. Understand what I mean? But when it is a real fire. Not all black people. That's going to be our other running theme. Not all black people. Not, that's what I have to say. Not, not all black people. And that especially applies to me because, like I said before, I, you know, I don't feel as though I'm oppressed. We can go back and forth with anybody who disagrees Here with me. Here you go with that shit again. <laughs> 
Oh God. You're impressed, Ike Raw, because you don't have shampoo. You don't have shampoo that represents you at the Marriott. That is a form of oppression. Halsley said so, god damn it. The fuck Halsley. <laughs> I got a lot on my mind today. It's a good day. I know it's going to be a great day. It's May 4th, man. I just want to say something right quick off record, man. I well, just want to get on the record. This is on the record. No, we're not. Yeah, what's on the record? I mean, not on, off topic, off I meant. Okay. I just want to give a shout out to Canelo Alvarez. Okay, Flood, you probably know who he is, but I'll explain this to you, okay? I have no idea who that is. This piece of shit, he's a boxer, okay? Okay. He, he fought Triple G, uh, Gennady Golovkin, last year. They had a great fight. Gennady Golovkin is undefeated. Triple G, uh, you know, he's a great boxer. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, a great boxer. You know, they had a great fight last year. It was a, it was a split decision, a draw or something like that. You know, neither one of them won. So this was the rematch. This this May 5th, Mexicans, they know. Cinco de Mayo, Canelo Alvarez, a Mexican, is supposed to be a big fight. But what does he do? He cheats, for that. He cheats. Mm. He's suspended. Mm. A couple of weeks ago, Flay suspended for six months because he ate some meat that he said he didn't know was tainted with, you know, performing the handsome drug. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's going to say that his chicken wings was injected with steroids and he didn't know. And so it, put, it showed up in his drug test. There's the thing, Flood. They say this happens a lot in Mexico. Really? Yes. Yes. Oh. Now, people in the industry are saying, well, come on now. Like, he knew. Like, come on now. Yeah, really. So I just want to let him know tomorrow. The Sixers play game three at five. The Cavaliers play game three at 8.30, at 8 o'clock, I'm sorry. Uh, and then I was going to watch the fight tomorrow. That was going to be a great Saturday fight, you all. But can mm. I ask you fuck that up? So I just wanted to say that. I just wanted to say that. Well, do you think that that while he's out, you know, <laughs> but I was going to make a bad joke about Mexicans and shampoo. <laughs> but I don't want to offend anybody this it's early it's into Friday. the program. What'd you say? It's Friday. Go for it. No, <laughs> I'm going to behave. Any last thoughts on Halsley calling out hotels for having only white people shampoo? If not, we're going to take a break and come back to the next story in the week that was. Well, I mean, I just want to say, like I said, once again, I commend Halsley because, you know, uh, she felt as though it was an issue for her. She spoke about it. Yes. But, you know, Halsley, we have to understand when we speak about stuff like this, if we're really passionate and we're serious, what's the next move? If you really, if you want change, you want something to be done, we have to do something. You know, if you need help, flood the drummer, Ike Raw, we're here. Reach out. You know, we're, we, whatever you want to do to change the hotel policy. Well, I don't know going to say it's policy, but to change the way hotels, you know, put shampoo out for, you know, just white people and not black people, not oriental people, not African people, you know, then let's do something. What if the hotels just stopped giving out shampoo, period? If they was like, you know what, fuck y'all, we're not going to give you nothing. You bring your own everything. But hey, well then that's well, right. Then let's think about that. What 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 legally are the hotels supposed to offer you? Are they required to offer you shampoo? Right. You know what I mean? I, I think maybe are they just supposed to offer you the bed? You know what? what, what <laughs> offer you? You know what I mean? Because if you go to like you know some hotels or quote unquote motels in the city, um, you know certain shithole motels don't give you anything but a wash rag. Right, 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 right. The Blue Moon. Shout out to the Blue Moon. That's what I was trying to think of. The Blue Moon on Westminster Avenue in, in, in West Philly. You know what I mean? You're lucky to even get a wash rag. Oh, wait a minute, Flair. What do you know about the Blue Moon? What you mean what I know about? See, you think that I don't know anything about the hood. <laughs> I know the Blue fucking Moon. Oh, look at Flair. Okay. <laughs> This is a very, uh, 
you know, uh, revealing 15, 40, 15 minutes and 49 seconds. <laughs> now, now, the question is, what do you know about the Blue Moon Hotel in West Philadelphia? Well, I mean, you know, hey, Flood, listen, I've been in the street since, you know, 88. I mean, so I mean, at the end of the day, I had a lot of family members who, you know, I have to, you know, drop them off there or, you know, I pick them up there and, you know, things happen. I mean, stuff, you know, I've never been in there myself. I've never stepped foot in there. Me either. Okay, well then, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remember I told you I had a friend who used to live on 48th and Westminster next to the Wing Express, Chicken Wing Express or something like that. So when I used to go by there, I would always see the Blue Moon Hotel and I was sort of like they rent by the hour and it's like really dirty in there. You don't want to really put your skin on the sheets and that was really used for people to just kind of go in there as like a, you know, a quick get off spot. Ding, 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 ding. Right, right. So they probably didn't give you wash rags. They probably didn't give a fuck what kind of shampoo you use. Because nobody was washing their hair in there. They was literally, they probably didn't even wash their balls. They got finished fucking. They just went in there, did their thing, and rolled out. There you go. All you need is the bed. All you need is the bed. Now, if Halsley don't stop, then all these hotels will get pissed off, and they're going to take their shampoo and stuff and keep it to themselves, and they won't have anything. Then she'll fuck it up for everybody. So Halsley, just shut up. This is not a real story. This is not a real issue. And you know, I'm not going to be as nice as Ike Raw on this one. I think this is a bit ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Ike's being all politically, he's being diplomatic today. I mean, I'm not going to count her. I'm not going to condemn her. She can, you know, I'm, she spoke up for what she believed in. Speak up about something. Here we go again. A reoccurring segment. Hosley needed a friend to tell her, shut the fuck up. Flood. Now, come on, Flood. Now you're a man. You're a man of the people as well. Now you you trying to tell Sometimes. me you don't? <laughs> <laughs> you like people much more than I do. It's that's obvious. Well, no. see, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people don't understand that. They think I'm the one all the time where he's the main one. You can't talk to him. No, I'm just going to say this because he's already said it, and I tell people all the time. He's the fucking main one. Don't think. <laughs> Ike Ron will return your phone calls. Ike Ron will show up to your events. Ike Ron will come around and, you know, talk to your kids and all that shit, okay? At the end of the day. Depending on Flood's fucking mood, he won't fucking do it. At the end of the day. <laughs> I can pick my moves to the side. It's no problem. Yes. Now, and I'm telling you, leave me the fuck alone. Leave me the fuck alone. Leave me the fuck alone. All right, Ike, we're going to end this segment here with the White People Shampoo. We're going to come back in just a second with more of the week that was. You can follow me on Twitter at Flood the Drummer. Follow Ike Raw on Twitter at Ike Raw 1977. This is the week that was on the Drumming for Justice podcast. And I want to give a quick shout out to Kid Cole. He's a fake DJ who on Thursday showed up to a Philadelphia high school with bodyguards and a camera team. Ike Raw sent me this story. Kid Cole told the students he was the DJ for Alicia Coles. Uh, Kid Cole, whose real name is Jerez Coleman, was sentenced to 22 months in jail previously for threats made against President Obama and the D.C. metro system. He was forced to undergo a mental evaluation for his crimes. That was another story that this week got not enough attention don't you think because that was pretty fucking outrageous yeah I, look, I, I, it happened uh yesterday um, yeah thursday right thursday like and, right and I, you know we just heard about it this morning i mean once again you know he's supposed to be the dj for alicia keys i mean and what they were saying on the news was who authorized him to come to the school and he had they said he had two people with him allegedly he told them they were his bodyguards they had guns on them in the school come on 
This is crazy, man. This is crazy. Somebody got to explain this. Somebody has to explain to these parents. Somebody got to explain to, you know, just the regular citizens. You know, what, 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 what is going on? What, what does it take for somebody to just get clearance to come around your kids and speak to your kids? Well, it's interesting. And, and you know, we hadn't really planned to dive deep into it. But, but there is a larger issue at play here, at least to me, is right now the country uh, is uh, engulfed, if you will, in a conversation about school safety. And not just about guns but just the idea of being safe in school and, and so at this time where we're all considering and, and talking about how to keep children safe in school uh and, and the, the the protocols and practices and best practices that should be followed it's really concerning that a gentleman who has made previous threats against the president and an entire transit system and the nation's capital and who was jailed for two years as a result of that was able to get inside a Philadelphia high school and interact with children. This is totally ridiculous, Flood. And at the end of the day, here we go. He's black. You know, if this was a white kid, the black community would be outraged. They would be outraged. Oh, you let this white man, what if you kill my oh, kid? Man? You playing the race card again, Nike Raw. Listen, listen, come on, man. Let's talk about it. Let's be real. I mean, to me, it doesn't matter what race it is. I think you're what? probably right, but to me, it's just about anybody. If he was, if he was an alien, could get inside of a school and interact with the children. Now, maybe exactly. there's no outrage because it just happened Thursday. It's only Friday morning. Maybe people aren't hearing about it. That's one of the reasons that we're bringing it up. But you're right. At the very least, we should hear a statement from the superintendent of schools and maybe even the mayor by the end of the day because this is concerning. This isn't even just about laughing at uh, 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 Mr. Coleman uh, for pretending to be a DJ. This is about a mentally disturbed man who was able to get access to a Philadelphia school. Exactly. And at the end of the day, the only, the only person that I heard speak from the school board was Lee Wack. Uh, okay. I think he, yeah, he's the head of security or something like that, I no, think. No, he's the uh, spokesperson for the Philadelphia school district. Oh. He'd be at the SRC meeting. He wouldn't try to tell me to wrap it up and all that. Well, he's really, you know, the, the front man, the yes man for the media. Anytime something happens in the school, he's front scene, make one statement, then that's it. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, our parents, the parents of the child, I'm a parent of, you know, school children of Philadelphia. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how do you feel about this? Listen, I've already been called the school board. You know Did I you really? Come on, Flood. I've already called down. They know they go, Mr. Garner, you know, we're going to, you know, we, give us a moment, we'll get back to you. Yeah, they didn't send me an email back already. We heard your complaint. You know, uh, we're going to get back to you later on. They know how I go. I get on the, I get on the ass quick. Yeah. But I'm just saying at the end of the day, where is, you know, the security? Where the, what, what, what steps do you have to go through? Now, let's be real. As everybody know, and said they have with my son, right? Mm -hmm. and, you know, they say they, they make up this, uh, you know, advisory committee. They want well, to everybody have doesn't know. I mean, we're talking to a whole new audience here on, on yeah. Anchor and Apple Podcasts. So they may not be familiar with what you're talking about. You're right about that, Flo. Well, my son was eight years old at the time. Uh, he was third grader. He was assaulted on October 20th in Silas Cohen Elementary School. By October 20th of last year. 2017. October. Yeah, mm -hmm. So you're a reporter. You're a journalist. Flo. You know how to get this. <laughs> okay, let me, do, let, me do my, let me do my reporter voice. Let me check it out. See how it sounds. Okay. On October 20th, 2017, my eight-year-old son, Isaac Gardner Jr., was physically and verbally assaulted by a Philadelphia school police officer in an adult bathroom at Silas Cohen Elementary School. I like that. All right. Now. That was all right. That was all right. Okay. Now, after we found out what happened. Now, the thing about it is they told us to go to the, they didn't tell us anything. I went to the school district and made a complaint, right? We found out that the complaint process was frivolous, 
the, the superintendent, Dr. Height, I have a live video. Y'all can go watch it on Isaac Gardner page, Ike Raw page, where I interrupted the SRC meeting. Dr. Height, the superintendent, didn't even know about the complaint process. He didn't even know right. anything was going on. So what they said was, oh, Mr. Gardner, you know what? We think you should be on our special committee where, you know, if you have complaints from parents, if you, you know, because I told them a lot of parents see what happened to my son. They've been reaching out. This happened to my kid, too. And I've been reaching out going down there, calling down there, and they make it right with the parents. The parents reach out. But I don't publicize it. I'm talking about it now because, you know, I'm just letting people know I'm involved. So they called me one day, flood in February. They had an a, a, a issue. Well, this is what Karen Goke tells me from the Philadelphia School District. Parents were complaining about a post on Facebook that I posted. So uh, we think that it would be best that you don't come down to the office anymore and, and be involved in the meetings, but we still will take your input at the end of the day. So what that means basically is that the image of Ike Raw, you know, they don't, they think that some parents, you know, have an issue with Ike Raw may post on social media, the things Ike Raw do. But at the end of the day, and you know, I'm going to say this, I don't like, you know, trying to get on my soapbox or nothing like that. But a lot of parents don't have the time to go to the school board. They don't have the time to be what I'm doing this morning, calling and sending emails and replying. They don't have the time to do that. I do. Mm -hmm. Understand what I mean? So any parents, they know, they reach out, they tell me. Some parents, they say, look, I don't know what to do. I've been trying to get a meeting for two months. They call me. I get a meeting with them in two days. So how, so how should parents, the parents that, that, that do have time, how, and even some of those who, who don't, that need to make time, how should they be responding to this particular issue that we're talking about from Thursday? That's right. And this whole, this whole concept of school safety. That's what I was getting to. Contact, first of all, you contact the school district because this is a district issue. They gave the okay for this man to show up to the school, okay? So you find out. You got to find out who – that's what I called this morning. Who gave the authorization to this? Who, well, I was going to say, let's not say it was the district because it could have been just the school made this decision autonomously. No, 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 no. The district – listen, when you when you have a speaker coming into your school, the school got to get the okay for the district. So They're supposed to be. That's what I'm saying. They could have just did it autonomously. Right, right. No, you're right. Let me, let me clarify that. Right. That's the way it's supposed to go. We don't know if they went and got the right clarification, you know, the right, uh, you know, whatever they had to do to get the man to come in. That's what I'm saying. So right. don't just take their word for it. Don't just let them tell you, oh, we're going to check it out. We're going to send you an email. You know, a lot of people just be happy. We're getting an email from the school board. You, oh, I talked to such and such. No, you got to stay on their ass because they're going to get you to run around. So if you right now, let me tell you this. Let me just let me just jump in here real quick because I I used to teach in the school district. Yeah. I used to work in programs to go into the school district. One thing I know about working with the Philadelphia School District is that to to do programming, to interact with the children, to bring an assembly or anything in there, you have to have your child abuse clearances. You have to have a background check. There's no way they could have performed any of that on Mr. Coleman when he was sentenced to 22 months in jails for threats against the, uh, President Obama and the D.C. Metro system. There's no way they could have saw that and said, yeah, let's allow this guy to come in and talk with our children. That's my outrage, Flood. That's what I'm yeah. saying. That's my outrage. Like, at the end of the day. And, and, and you know, I'm saying this because they, the school district told me we don't think you mm. should not being around kids. I'm just coming to the meetings, you know, to, giving them advice of what I think could, you know, make their complaint system better because they have Two, you need two separate complaint systems. If your child is assaulted by an officer in school, you need that system. If your child is assaulted by staff or another student, you need that system. It's two different systems that they need. And, you know, this Philadelphia Student Union, shout out to Julian Terrell, they've been very, you know, persistent in trying to get these, you know, these things changed and get it on record. But the school board giving them a runaround. Understand what I'm saying? So 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To get involved. We don't need the parents to get involved, and then you know you get checks, and then you shut up. That's not what it's about. We need the yeah. There needs to be you know, and I'm gonna call for it right now on May fourth. I'm calling for a full investigation into this matter. I want the school district of Philadelphia to launch a full investigation into how Mr. Coleman could enter a school building with a record like that and interact with children under the guise that he is a DJ for Alicia Keys. That is so out fucking rageous, and I'm not even a parent. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You know, we talk about this all the time. So you know, I'm, I'm playing with games, but my, I, I was at the school district. I mean, not the school district, my kid's school yesterday having a meeting because it's parent-teacher conferences. Not only because I had to go through the report. Not, not- you show up to parent-teacher conferences? Yes, absolutely. Look at you. Come on, <laughs> I, know te- I know all of my children's teacher's name. I know the principal's name. I know the counselor's name. I know all, like, come on, man. You have to be involved. You can't just blame the kids. How are you going to keep saying, oh, it's the school fault? You don't even know your, te- your, your child's teacher name. You don't even know any of their classmates. You don't even know what they have for lunch. You understand what I'm saying? So, yeah. You got to be involved. You got to show up. You got to have a house phone. You can't just, oh, the school calling. You send them a voicemail. Come on, y'all. Like, come on. We got to, don't blame the school board. It's not all the school board fault. We got to take responsibility. And that's the thing. I don't have a problem taking responsibility about a lot of things that happens in, you know, to, in, in our community. A lot of stuff we bring on ourselves. Not to saying that, you know, oh, you know, um, not, not to say that it's all somebody's fault. But we got to take responsibility. A lot, of, a lot of these kids go to school. Look, I ain't, ain't going to get on my rent, but a lot of these kids go to school hungry. You've been there, Flood. You know that. A lot of these kids go to school not knowing if their mom going to come home. Yeah, I've seen it all, man. Yeah. So at the end of the day, man, he, I have seen it all. And it's sad. It's really sad. Heartbreaking. Sad, dog. Sad. You don't know what these kids It's torturous, if yeah. you will. Yeah. yeah. Something definitely needs to be done about it. Um. So what, while we're speaking to DJs, do you mind if I pivot for a second, Ike Raw? No, that was a good word because it's an NBA playoff, so you can pivot. <laughs> Just don't walk. What were you saying? Just don't travel. You can use your pivot, but don't travel. I'll break that thing to you later. Don't worry about it. It's a basketball reference. Okay. Well, speaking of DJs, uh, and I know we weren't scheduled to talk about this one either, but one DJ – uh, I should say at least two DJs in Detroit uh, of, of a morning show at a local station there uh, has decided this week to no longer play Kanye West, they, the mute Kanye West movement or some shit like that. Um, but those same DJs were not ready to commit to no longer playing Chris Brown music. Of course, Chris Brown, uh, you know, engaged in domestic abuse years ago when he was dating Rihanna, and they haven't committed to not playing R. Kelly, who, of course, has multiple allegations that he has uh, engaged in sexual misconduct with younger girls. But I guess the, 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 just the idea that Kanye is starting to see some consequences for his quote-unquote free thoughts. Do you think or anticipate that more DJs are going to do what the Detroit DJs did and start to mute Kanye? I mean, l- l- let me just say this, Flat. You know, you cannot mute Kanye at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Kanye has the power, if he was real petty and selfish, he can mute those DJs. You know what I mean? Mm. You can have those DJs you move. People have to understand the power that Kanye has right now, you know, is, is vicious. I mean, Kanye, if he wanted to run for president, he could be president. He could be president in 2020, man, at the end of the day. Just like you brought up. Here we go again. And I can guarantee you. Kanye he, West cannot be president. I will not vote for him. I will not allow you to vote for him, Ike Raw. <laughs> wait a minute. You cannot, you cannot hold back Ike Raw's vote. <laughs> 
If Ike Raw wants to vote for Kanye, I'm going to vote for Kanye. What did you? What, what can you see in Kanye West as a, as a potential leader? What is there? The heart. The heart is there, and that's what we need. See, the thing about it is that, as we talked about earlier about Halsey, we can say what we don't like. We can say, but what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. I mean, people mm -hmm. are willing to do things, man. You got to be willing to do stuff. Let's not stop talking about. With the school board not doing for our children, what are we going to do for our children? You know, to help the school board help our children. Mm -hmm. Understand what I mean? What are you going to do about the police killing black men? What are you going to do about black men killing black men? What are you going to do about him saying whatever you want to bitch and complain about? Mm -hmm. Let's have action, and that's what I'm saying. I can dig. Well, speaking of black men, uh, there's a story that this week got a lot of attention. It came out of Toronto. Shout out to Toronto. Shout out to Doctor Vibe who is our partner out there and host of the Dr. Vibe show. There was a Toronto restaurant this week, Ike, that was hit with a $10,000 fine for racial profiling. Uh, there was an incident where a black man was asked to prepay for his meal. He filed a complaint and, the, and uh, an Ontario Human Rights Tribunal ordered the restaurant to pay him $10,000. That restaurant is appealing because they said when this incident it was under new management. It was under uh, old management. That there's new management now, and they they are committed to creating a a, um, a a inclusive environment for all people. The reason I wanted to bring this up is because the reason they that restaurant, uh, or I should say, the reason the man said he was asked to pay is because they told him, you know, people are running out on the checks, and you know, we we, we just want to make make sure. I identify with this because it was only two or three weeks ago, Ike, that I was at a Center City Philadelphia restaurant that I go to almost twice a month. I'm a regular there. And I was asked to give my credit card to sit outside. And I am never really asked to do that. And the waitress said, oh, well, you know, we have people that, that's running out on their checks. And I'm thinking, do I look like I'm running out on my check? I'm here twice a month. And it seems that since that Starbucks story about the black men being arrested there for sitting there doing nothing, there's been a whole bunch of stories about black people being kicked out of Waffle House, about having to prepay when you eat. Has this ever happened to you? No, no, not at all. I mean, with the story we're talking about, it's the uh, Hong Sheng well, Chinese lucky you. restaurant. <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, at the end of the day, fly. I mean, here's the thing. Yes, people run out on any checks. People run out on any checks and everything like that, you know, at the end of the day. People run out. Again? So, yeah, people run out on any checks at the end of the day. Yes, they do. Have so, you ever run out on a check? No, I haven't. I have never run out. I got quiet. <laughs> no, I've never run out on the check. I've never done that. So, I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of people do. Now, once restaurants make the decision to say, hey, listen, we need people to start paying first. Mm -hmm. Now, just so happen, it may be the next person that comes in. It may just be black. You know what I mean? Who, who's to say that they didn't tell the white person? Well, that's you know, in this story. No one, no other customer was asked to, to prepay for their diner. They, they were able to check that. And they were the only black people that hit this gentleman, uh, Emil Wickham. Uh, he and his friends were the only black people at the table. Everybody else was white in the restaurant, and they were the only ones that were asked to prepay. Wow. Well, I mean, well, then you got a point there then. And so then this goes again to my experience before at this same restaurant, when I was outside with a, uh, at the same restaurant, I don't know why I keep going back. The food must be really good. <laughs> I was sitting outside with a group of friends. Uh, we were all black. And they had asked for my credit card. And this was a decade ago. Uh, that's how long I've been going to this restaurant. It was a decade ago. We were sitting outside. The waitress comes up. She's white. 
said she needs a credit card. I said I've never been asked for my credit card before. Uh, how, who, who else are you asking for? She said, oh, I ask everybody. So I said, go get your manager. In the meantime, I went to the table right next to me on the other side of the steps. I said, you know, and they were being served by the same waitress. I said, did you guys have to give your credit cards before you ate? They said, no, we never do. So I'm thinking we have the same waitress. It's the same day. We're both sitting outside. That's a table of all white people. I'm a table of all black people. And I'm where were the only ones that were asked to give our credit cards? Well, I mean, I mean, some some restaurants flood. I mean, absolutely. They, they look at us as blacks and they say, you know, you know, here come these niggers. They're going to run out on the check. You know, let's get the credit card first. We understand Can we say that. that. Can we say that word? Niggers? Oh, I just said it twice. I just said it twice. I guess we can. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe the bosses may call us in the office after this and say, you know, hey, you can't see this and you can't see that. But, you know, we don't give a fuck. So we're going to say what we have to say. You know why? Because we are the bosses here right? on this podcast, here on today and on tomorrow and the day after that. And in life. And in life. Never put yourself in a situation where you need someone to tell you how you should be or what you should think or what you should say or how you're going to do things. That's not the way life fucking works at the end of the day. Yo. So, right. Us as blacks have to understand. If we always say that we are oppressed, if we always say that we are looked at as, you know, less than, then we have to understand that. we Maybe we should start carrying ourselves in a way and acting in a way that we're not looked at in that way. It will never go away for all, you know, for all black people because you have some white people who are just racist pieces of shit and just don't give a fuck regardless. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have a Mercedes Benz. It doesn't matter if you have a shirt and tie or you're black at the end of the day. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. I know I'm black, but I don't live my life thinking that, you know, oh, this white person's going to say I'm racist. It's always in the back of my mind. Absolutely. But you know what I mean? You, when you carry yourself in a certain way, you know, I'm not to say that, you know, oh, it's not going to affect you. But sometimes we put ourselves in situations like, you know, sometimes you might see somebody get pulled over by a cop, you know, instead of them rolling the window down. Well, what the fuck you pull me over for? You understand what I'm saying? You know, little shit like that. Like at the end of the day. You know what I mean? We understand you have your license. You got your insurance. Yeah, it's legal car. But, it, you, you know, the officer said, you know, pull your window down. It may not be nothing. How did we get to like talking it? about traffic stops? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to say. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying because we've been talking about, you know, as far as, you know, how restaurants look at black people and say, well, maybe they should, they should pay first because they might run out on a check. You know, the stereotype is what I'm saying. Like, okay. I, I'm, I'm saying sometimes we bring it on ourselves sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day. Like, we bring it on ourselves. Not to say that we're supposed to, you know, wear shirt and ties. If I want to wear my fucking Tim's and my hat to the back and Lou and Chews, why the fuck can I wear my hat to the back? You know what I'm saying? Lou and Chews. You understand what I'm saying? For our listeners who may not be aware, what's Lou's and Chews? Lou's and Chews. Okay, that's a restaurant on Hunting, Hunting, Hunting Park Avenue. Okay, that's the, you know, number one. Uh, well, that's debatable. Number one in Philadelphia as far as fish fries go. Uh, we attended one on uh, April 20th. Uh, shout out to Moms Bonded by Grief. 420. First, uh, 420. Moms Bonded by Grief had the fundraiser. We were there. Shout out to them. And, you know, they told Flood you can't wear your hat to the back. And, you know, as a black man, you know, that's what, you know, that's what we do. We want to wear our hat to the back. But, you know, he didn't say, oh, oh you know, I can't, you know, he turned his hat around and, you know, and had a good night. But you have some black people who would have had a problem with that. Well, I can't turn my hat to the back. You can't tell me you can't do this. And you, we know how it goes sometimes, man. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is, man. I'm yeah. not, you know. Hey, I'm listen, man, before we get out of here, speaking about uh, people who bring shit on themselves, 
Trump for 60 seconds or more. <laughs> so there's a uh, a building in Upper Manhattan this week. Uh, the tenants there uh, 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 organized uh, to remove Trump's name off the building. Uh, and this is not the first or the second building in Manhattan where the tenants are saying they no longer want Trump's name on the building. That was another big story this week. Uh, so they have to, to do some more legalities, but that's what they're pushing for. So it's interesting, uh, you know, um, uh, Kanye West is being muted on the Detroit radio station. Donald Trump is getting his name removed off the building. So I guess there is some bad press that you just don't want. I'm sure Kanye's thinking, I can just say what I want. I got this album coming out. Donald Trump said, I can say what I want. I'm the president. But it is starting to harm them. It's starting to hurt their brands, all the shit they're saying. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's life, fly. I mean, if some shit you're going to say, you're going to get praised for. Some shit you're going to say, you're going to get trashed for. I mean, you got to be man enough or woman enough to stand on what you're saying. And, you know, if you believe in what you're saying, stick to it, man. Never let someone make you feel less of a person or your opinion doesn't matter because they don't agree with you, man, at the end of the day. And just just real quick, I just want to say, because that story we were talking about in Toronto, uh, you know, about the restaurant, it's just a bad week for Toronto. They're down 0-2 to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Shout out to Dr. Rob, man. I know it's not a good for Toronto right now. They were supposed to be the team that beat Cleveland this year. They lost two games at home. They just don't look good, man. I think they should just fold and not even be an NBA team. They shouldn't even be an NBA team, Flood. That's how I feel. Well, I heard the Sixers lost yesterday. Yeah, the Sixers lost. We went down. I mean, you know, Sixers young. It's, it's, it's a total different when you, the team's different. You know, the Sixers, we're a young team. We lost two games in Boston. We're coming back tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Shout out to the Sixers. Wells Fargo, let's get it. We'll be back. We're going to win. You know, don't panic. But, you know, we're a young team. We're finding our way. But the Raptors, you know, they this is this is them. I mean, you're Kyle Lowry, you know, DeMar DeRozan. What are y'all doing, man? This is, this is LeBron is their kryptonite. They just can't beat LeBron, man. He's knocked them out of the playoffs, Flood. The last three years in a row, man. This is this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Let's get out of here, man. Where where can people follow you on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere Ike Raw? Give out your information for the people. Twitter, Ike Raw 1977. Ike Raw 1977 on Twitter, Facebook, I K E Y R E W, Instagram at no Philly Ike Raw. Facebook page, Ike Raw TV with Neff. Facebook group, Ike Raw TV with Neff. Check out the uh show every Monday night. F, uh, I was about to say FB, Facebook Live, 9 p.m. Monday nights and Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Uh, you know, shout out to Neff, you know what I'm saying? You know, we've we been around tonight, man. We've been around out there. Man, so shout out to A-Bike, man. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Flood the Drummer. Uh, subscribe to the Drumming for Justice podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are available. Shout out to Anchor that's making this broadcast possible. Anchor is reinventing radio. Uh, if you are an iPad, iPhone user, you can add Tech Book Online, my news organization, to your Apple News Reader and stay connected to uh, that quality journalism there. Uh, and that was the week that was. There's a lot of stories that we couldn't get to, but that's just how big of a week it was. Um, but we will be aiming to bring you quality content from this channel and other channels in the coming days and weeks. We'll be bringing back our, uh, uh, I should say, our, our cohort of contributors, which include Dr. Vibe, Richard Taylor from Seattle. Chris Goldstein, the Temple Professor and Marijuana in the News. We're bringing the band back together slowly but surely. So shout out to all of you out there uh, who are listening that have been loyal to us and are following us and wishing us well. Uh, for Ike Raw, I'm Flood the Drummer. Until next time, I'm Drumming for Justice. Have a great weekend.